So in recent weeks we've been thinking about these church membership vows that uh, Clement uses in particular and the content of that as a way of um, reminding ourselves, I suppose, of some of the kind of essentials of what faith is about. Actually, membership is... I don't, I don't find that a very satisfactory word. I can't come up with a better one, but uh, I, I'm not, I don't like it very much because it seems to imply that um, the church is a kind of club, you know, and so long as you keep the rules, then you'll be part of the club. And that's, that's really not what it's like. I mean, in, in actual fact, the, the church is a fellowship of broken people like you and me. And uh, what binds us together is not that we keep a number of rules, but rather that we are sinful and we know that. And we need to find the place where that sin can be dealt with in the mercy of God. So that's what it is. And I think of these, these vows not so much as, um, as rules that we're supposed to keep, but more like um, aims, aspirations. These are the goals, or some of the goals, of my life. This is how I want to arrange my my life. These are, these are the, the priorities for me. Here's, this is what I'm aiming at. And the fact that they, we, we ask people when they, when they become members of the church, we ask them to take these vows publicly, is because by, by making them public, in a sense what we're doing is we're, um, we're making ourselves accountable. In the same way you know that we do in, in marriage. You, you, you make your marriage vows and you make them in public. And in fact, in marriage, it's explicit, isn't it? Because it talks about uh, making vows before these witnesses and before God. And it's the same idea, I think, in terms of the, uh, the membership vows. We're saying to ourselves and to one another and to God, this is what I'm, here's my goals. So tell me if I miss them. <laughs> and that's, so that's where the, this is uh, all coming from. Here, this is the... Um, uh, yes, here we go. Uh, this is the complete set. I mean, I'm not expecting you to read all of that just now, but uh, there they are, and uh, you, you'll be familiar with them. The one that we're, we're, we're focusing on is at the bottom there in red now, by actively serving others in Jesus' name. So it's part of um, sharing the Lord's message, the three principal things, to live the Lord's way, to love the Lord's people, to share the Lord's message. Those are the goals and underneath them all these subheadings and the one that we've arrived at is uh, sharing the Lord's message by actively serving others in Jesus' name and uh, I've just abbreviated that to serving in the world. So that's what we're thinking about. And as I was reflecting about this, um, I was thinking, well, you know, most of us in terms of how we do this, how we we serve out in the world, we do that through, often through our job, through our employment. And so I decided that I would, as part of our service this morning, talk to somebody 
who quite literally does that, who is out in the world serving other people across the road in Tesco. <laughs> Gary, do you want to come and join me? You want to take that one over there? By the way, just while Gary's getting himself signed, this is a picture of an award to Gary for outstanding customer service. They are. So if anybody knows about serving people in the world, this man does. Okay, Gary, what we're going to do is we're going to do just, I mean, uh, a, a short backwards and forwards. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Okay, so my name's Gary, and for you if you don't know me, I'm a Stainless Bride, um, and I work in Tesco across the road. Um, before I got my job in Tesco, um, I did my HNC, HND, and my degree, and now I'm studying my second degree in business management. Two degrees, eh? Yep. That's two-thirds of three degrees. <laughs> Hope, may I say, hopefully get on to honours okay. as well. Tell us a little bit about how you became a Christian. Um, so, it started off when we had the... Um, Bible Society? The Bible Society lorry out in the car park. Um, and it was just through members of the church that I was asked to come along. Um, and through that, um, it was just through talking to people that I found myself coming to um, Christ Jesus. Um, and it was, again, it was talking to many people. And I just thought, yeah, I'll come along to church and see what it really means. Um, so I came along to a Sunday morning service. And there it was just through asking people and experiencing the love of God um, that I came to know Jesus. And here I am today serving again with the Outstanding Customer Service Award outside of uh, church. Okay, Gary, that's great. So, uh, the, the subject that we're thinking about is this idea of, of serving out in the world, um, particularly in St. Leonard's Square, over there. Um, tell us, what, what difference does it make, do you think, to you, that you're on the checkouts there and you're serving the customers, but you're a Christian? What difference does that make? Well, I would like to start off and say that it's extremely demanding, um, <laughs> but um, through serving Jesus over in, uh, sorry, through serving Christ out in Tesco is a big, big thing. Um, it means that you're giving compassion, you're looking after people of the public, um, but also it just shows that there's sheer determination in what I do. That's again why I got the Outstanding Customer Service Award. Okay. And how does, how does it make you feel? I mean, in terms of, you know, you're, you're offering service to people. Do you, do you think about the people you're serving? All the time. It never goes out of my mind. It's in my mind all the time. Okay. 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 Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you. Part of the point of doing that was, I suppose, to, to help us think about the ways in which, you know, each of us um, is out in the world, it may not be in your job, it may be through your family, your friends, or, or volunteering, or whatever it is that you do. But that's what we're thinking about. We're thinking about serving out in the world, and that's different from service in the church. Um, two or three weeks ago, when Martin was preaching, we looked at the whole idea of, of serving one another within the church fellowship. Um, and this is different, it, it's, although there's a lot of overlap, obviously. This is about serving uh, in the world, out where we are. 
And I think the biggest difference between serving one another within the fellowship here and serving out in the world is that the world is not necessarily friendly towards our faith and therefore towards us. In the church, of course, I mean, we, we, we take for granted, I suppose, we give each other the benefit of the doubt. We're, we're Christians here, we have the same values, we have broadly the same world view. You're a good guy and I'm a good guy. And that's the kind of assumption that, that we work with within the, the fellowship of the, of the church. But out there, that doesn't apply, does it? In fact, it, in the world, service that we give in the world has to be earned. And of course, there are a whole lot of, of different um, assumptions going on in the world. Um, I, one of the things that I do now that I'm retired is that I, I volunteer with the RSPB, the Royal Society for Protection of Birds, at Barons Haw down in Motherwell there. If you haven't been down there, do go down. It's a lovely place. But uh, there's a whole bunch of volunteers there. We go down each week. And, of course, we, there's no common assumption about faith at all. In fact, I think they think I'm a bit peculiar, really. <laughs> um, and I had a conversation the other day which really kind of brought me up short because it was one of those conversations where you, you suddenly realize that the assumptions that you have and the assumptions the other person has are just, you know, they're not even on the same page. And the conversation was about um, one of the guys down there who had been doing a little bit of work in one of the local schools around environmental issues and all of that stuff. And he said, I introduced it by um, talking about Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, and how Nessie didn't like pollution and tin cans and plastic, you know, in, in Loch Ness, because that wasn't very good for Nessie. And I said to him rather cheekily, well, that's very good, isn't it? Because, I mean, what you're doing is talking about a completely mythical creature as a way of introducing something that's really important. And he looked at me and he said, well, that's a bit rich coming from you. <laughs> Who believes in a mythical man in the sky. And as I say, it was one of those things where, where you suddenly sort of realize, gosh, you know, the assumptions that I have and the assumptions that this individual had are completely different. It was all very good-natured, but our, our, our assumptions were um, not shared. And out in the world, we're going to come across suspicion, if not hostility on occasions. I thought that was very um, honest of you, Gary, to say, you know, how difficult it is. And actually, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, other people who, who in the congregation whose job take them into contact with a great public <laughs> will acknowledge that. But as Christians, when we go out there, people will look at us and say, well, what are you doing this for? What's in it for you? What are you getting out of it? And so that there isn't that um, common denominator. So I, I want to just um, think for a moment or two about some of the things that, that help in serving out in the world. And the first one is this affection. Affection. 
There's all kinds of strange people in the church. You probably met some of them. <laughs> Just try talking to your neighbours. However, that, that's nothing by way of the strange people that there are out there. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a big, uh, there's, a, there's a bigger spectrum of strangeness out there than there is even in here. But if we don't have an affection for the people that we are serving, then our service will be superficial. In the story of the Good Samaritan, the, the priest passes by on the other side, and so too the Levite. It's the Samaritan, the member of this despised uh, minority group who were felt to be heretical and, and not acceptable. It was, it was he who stops. Why does he do that? Well, the story tells us, actually. He stopped because he saw the man and he had pity on him. That's, a, that's an emotional connection, isn't it? That's, a, that's an affection for this human being who is in need. It's really interesting that, that one of the things, actually, the story says about the man who was robbed on the, on the road down to Jericho is that he was stripped of his clothes. And commentators have, have suggested that the, the fact that he was stripped of his clothes actually underlines both his vulnerability and his common humanity. He wasn't identifiable as a Jew or as anything else. He was just a man who, who had been stripped of his clothes. He was naked. He may be naked, I'm not sure. But he needed help. So here's, try this. If, if a Rangers supporter... <laughs> came across a Celtic supporter who had been injured in a brawl. Would he help him? What if the Celtic supporter had lost his scarf and his colours and he didn't have anything on him that identified him as a Celtic supporter? Would he help him? Makes it more likely, doesn't it? <laughs> So the fact that this man was, um, he didn't have anything identifying about him, actually allowed that bond of pity, of affection to exist. And actually there's some quite profound implications of this, I think. Because the question is, do I have affection for those who are not like me? Do I have affection for those whose education and values and morals and sexuality maybe is not mine? Do I have affection for them simply on the basis that we have a shared common humanity? Because I think if we're going to offer a service that's real, then that's one of the, the components of it. And in fact, I think it needs to go beyond, a little bit even beyond affection to that idea of Acceptance, And this is really challenging stuff. I don't find this easy at all. The, see, the question is this. Can I accept somebody 
who from my point of view is an extreme right-wing racist, for example? Or what about somebody who, you know, subscribes to the, the kind of QAnon conspiracy theory that says that they, the world is run by a pedophile ring for their own purposes. Can I accept somebody like that? And for me, the only way through this is to say that if I am to serve in the world, then I need to accept that those enormous differences exist. I don't, I don't have to agree with them. I don't have to share their views, but I need to accept them as individuals for whom Jesus died, just like he died for me. So affection and acceptance. And then there's awareness and self-awareness. And in some ways this is a bit of a counterbalance to the idea of acceptance, because we're not called to be naive. And there will be people out there for whom my service or your service will never be acceptable, however hard we try. There will be some who will never trust me. They will remain suspicious or hostile. That's not a reason for giving up on, on service, but it's, a, it's in order to help ourselves feel okay about going on serving. You, you won't convince everybody. Some will say, no, 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 none of that. And self-awareness is important in this too, because for most of us, perhaps for all of us to some extent, there is a need to be needed, and that contributes to our behavior. It, we feel good when we serve other people, and that's fine. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not the reason that we do it. The reason that we do it is because it's an aim of our Christian lives to follow the way of God. And that self-awareness is helpful to work through that stuff. And then lastly there's this, authenticity. Being the people that we are without having to pretend to be something that we're not. Adrian Plass, you know Adrian Plass's um, writings? Um, Adrian Plass is a Christian author. He became um, a Christian at the age of 16, but it wasn't until he was in his late 30s, 20 years after he became a Christian, that he, he grappled with what he describes as a very simple truth. And it's this. God is nice, and he likes me. God is nice and he likes me. And he said that simple truth just transformed his own idea of service. Why is that? Because if God likes me, then I'm all right. <laughs> and in the end, it doesn't really matter whether anybody else likes me. It's quite nice if they do, but it's not critical because God likes me and so I can be authentic to myself and authentic with other people 
Uh, you know, it's taken me years and years and years to learn this, and about you, that it's okay to be the person that you are. It may not be the finished product. Well, it won't be, will it? <laughs> but it's okay. And, and actually, you know, we, we do have an intuitive sense of this, I think, because the most comfortable people to be with are the people who are most comfortable with themselves, aren't they? <laughs> it's when we've learned that God likes me, that I can be authentic. You know, one of the things that I've discovered in myself, one of the areas of growth for me in uh, retirement is the growth of the uh, inner grumpy old man. And that's okay, actually, you know. I mean, it's not particularly pleasant, but, I mean, it's there. And it, it's, that's, that's who I am a bit. <laughs> not all the time. But it, it, authenticity, particularly when we're out there, because others will, will sense that. You know, they'll say, nah, this, this individual's being a bit you know, not quite showing us the full thing. But to have that authenticity about us, that's a, a very good way to offer service. So there they are. Affection, awareness, and authenticity. And I hope that helps in terms of thinking about the places and the people that we serve out in the community. Let's pray.